Welcome to the Radical Christian Life with Doug and Paula. We're so excited as we discuss what it looks like to live the radical Christian life, following Jesus no matter the call, no matter the cost. Yeah, so let's get to it. Welcome back. We are in part two of Who Carries a Cross Anymore? What does that mean? Well, we are doing a deep dive into Luke 9.23, where Jesus said, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. And it came out of the thinking about the question that was sent to us, um, who are your influences? No, or- actually, no, sorry, I'm going to jump in here. That, that was my question. Oh, was it? Okay. I sent it to you. So remember, <laughs> remember, I came back from Dubai and I had this experience. Oh, that's and like, right. These are influences. So we want to ask yeah, about or people. influencers, as yes, we said before. Exactly. Could be either. So, but yes. Yeah. Okay. So it was a question. But it was your question. Well, which the is reason, great. yeah, you're actually justified in that because it was weird how I linked the, that question I wanted to ask people to this verse. So I'm not sure they were connected. But yeah. Bottom line is it's a great verse we want to look at. So. It is. <laughs> and the bottom line is that we want to be influenced by people who practiced Luke 9.23. Yeah. And now we want to be that type of person and live a, light, a life of righteousness and influence over others. But how do we do it? So Yeah, yeah exactly. Can so, you give us a quick review, Doug, since yeah. for those of, of you who might be jumping in on part two, listen to part one, but we'll try to recap just a little yeah, bit. Yeah. So we broke down uh, Luke 9.23. And Luke 9.23, again, if anyone wish, Jesus said this, these are his words. Mm. These aren't our words. These are his words. Mm. If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Yeah. And there's three imperatives in there, three in commands. You don't use the word imperative too much, but it's really important in Greek when you're studying the New Testament where there's imperatives or commands mm. in there. And these are three commands. Versus or, like suggestions? Well, versus just, uh, um, yeah, a, they're, they're not questions. Mm. They're not just teachings. They're mm-hmm. actually actions. With mm. commands comes action. Do something. Yes. That's it. Yeah. So that's Great. good. So the first one, deny yourself. Jesus says, if he wants, if you want to follow Jesus, come at, deny yourself. And that, we broke that down. What were the three we areas did. we did? We talked yeah. about um, sexual desires yeah. and material desires and then career, which was really just the laziness, like picking up your cross and action. Yeah, don't be of lazy. doing something, yeah, don't yeah, be lazy. Yeah, that would be so, yeah. a way of denying yourself by yeah. you're actually getting a job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Making money. That's not wrong. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. And then we talked about take up your cross daily. Yeah. And we talked about that great quote from Haddon Robinson about, you know, we don't spend it all on God by just, you know, on a $1,000 bill. Here, here, God, here's my whole wad. Here's my whole thing. Versus, um, a thousand one dollar bills. Yeah, if, daily. Yeah, and if you haven't listened to last week's podcast, it's worth it just to hear that story from Haddon Robinson, who was one of the deans of preaching. Actually, uh, got to listen to him preach one time. And he mm. wrote the famous book Biblical Preaching. So mm. just to hear that story is great. And yeah, we we just want to just do something great for Jesus one time. And no, mm-hmm. he wants a dollar bill paid every day of doing something. Mm-hmm. For his glory, so. I recently had um, someone talk to me about like short-term missions. Um, uh, I, I have different feelings about that. I think a lot of missionaries have different feelings about that. It's a short-term trip. It doesn't mean you're a short-term missionary. But they were talking about that like because they want to get close to God. And we had a great conversation about it's not the $1,000, hey, this is it. One week, you know, all that. No, it's the daily things. It's the daily things. Was that, that this week somebody did that? 
Yeah. Because I actually had a phone call from a person who asked me the same question. What did I thought? What were my thoughts on short-term missions? Oh, wow. And I told him the good, the bad, the ugly. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, and there is. And if you want to know more, write us at serving info at servingbb.org, and we'd be glad to talk to you more about our views on short-term missions. That might yeah. be actually a fun podcast, because oh, there's okay. good and there's bad, and yeah. there's really ugly. So. <laughs> That's not the people going on. I'm not calling the people going on it ugly. I'm just saying there's ugly aspects. All right. Well, let's jump okay, back in. Yeah. Now we want to continue. The third imperative. Let's do the third command. So we've yes. got uh, deny yourself, take your up your cross daily. Now follow me. Yeah. Okay. And we just want to pull some gold out of this um, so that we can improve our walk with Jesus. And what does that mean to follow me? Follow him. Yeah. What does that mean? It doesn't mean just taking a walk. Okay. No, it doesn't. When Jesus no. says, follow me, he wasn't like, hey, come take a walk with me, guys. Yeah, and yeah, that's not what yeah, he's saying. Exactly. And, but uh, I want to ask you, jump in and ask you a question about this, Doug. Like, is this um, a good definition of discipleship? Yeah, follow me? No, that's a good question. Because a lot of people do use this verse in the discipleship aspect. Uh, and it is. It's an aspect of discipleship. But it's not a good definition of discipleship. Mm. And the reason I say that is because it stops here. In other words, you take up your cross daily, deny yourself, take up your cross daily and follow me. Well, that's about you. Mm. Discipleship, though, ultimately isn't about you. Mm. This is why our motto, right? What is it for Serving Beyond Borders? We make disciples. Disciples who make disciples. Who make disciples. Yeah. Yeah. Discipleship is supposed to be a a continuation process. Mm. And so that's why I always teach my disciples and I go through the memorize Matthew 419. Very easy verse. Most people know it if they've been around the Bible or church at all. And and he said to them, Jesus, it's talking about Jesus. And he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Mm. If you can memorize that verse, then you can understand what discipleship is. Mm. And there's three parts to it. And I, I never, we've talked about this on other podcasts. I know I never found out where I got this from. I, we were tra- trained under the navigators years ago. So somebody wrote this. So I'll give him credit if he has it, because I am actually putting it in my discipleship manual. Invitation, transformation, participation. Mm-hmm. There's your idea of discipleship. Ooh, say that again. Invitation, mm-hmm. transformation, mm-hmm. participation. Mm-hmm. So in Matthew 419, when he says, follow me, Jesus gave an invitation. And nobody's just going to come up to you and just say, hey, I want to, will you disciple me? Oh, they might, but that's very rare. You need to go and ask people about discipleship. Mm. You need to go say to people, hey, you want to imitate me as I imitate Christ? First Corinthians 11. 1. You need to make the invitation. Mm-hmm. Then the second part is, Jesus says, I will make you, Fisher's mm-hmm. I, Jesus says, I will make you. Now, we don't make people transformed. We don't transform yeah. people's lives. Only Jesus through the Holy Spirit you know, yes. does that. It's the Holy yeah. Spirit that brings the transformation in a person's heart. But God uses us to do that. That's why he tells mm. us to go and teach and correct and rebuke and train in righteousness with the word, mm. right? And, mm-hmm. uh, just 2 Timothy 3, 16, 17. That's why we do those things. Because, again, the Holy Spirit could just lead a person out in the desert, spend three years in the Holy you know, in the desert with the Holy Spirit, and you know everything. That's not the discipleship process. God mm. uses people yes. um, to do that. And then the third part is fishers of men, participation in the discipleship process. Now mm. that you've been invited, now that you've been helped being transformed through the Holy Spirit by learning the discipleship process, you need to go and become fishers of men also. Mm. And so that's the participation. So there right. you go. So this... This is my problem when people are always like, this is discipleship, to deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. And it's like, 
Yes and no. That makes you a disciple of Jesus. Yeah, you're right. A, yeah, Rabbi Jesus, exactly. But, yeah, <laughs> but that doesn't mean that you're doing discipleship. No, because discipleship should be passed on. Yeah. Now you go teach yeah. somebody Luke 9 23, and now you're doing the discipleship process. Yeah. I just read this. Well, let me go off on another tangent. I just read, uh, we were talking to some my disciples. I give them out the, the little booklet, Born to Reproduce, which that would mm. be a great podcast. Dawson Trotman, if you want to get it, you can get it on Amazon for like $2. Born to Reproduce, or you can probably can find it online for booklet. free. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it comes from a sermon he gave in, many years ago. He was the founder of the Navigators. But in it, and I can't remember the number. I'm doing this off the top of my head, but it's like there's, you know, it's multiplication. If one person disciples a person, then those two people go and disciple a person, then those four people go and disciple. You know, it's a multiplication. He goes, mm-hmm. it goes from one million to two million if if people are doing their job right, mm. but it gets stalled if somebody quits doing it. Mm. The, the multiplication doesn't go on, right? Yeah. Yes. And we all say, I don't want to be that guy standing before King Jesus, going, ah. Eh. Sorry, you had a you had a billion member plan in your discipleship, but I screwed it up, and so I only became <laughs> half a million because I didn't do my job. So there you go. There's a little discipleship digression, but uh, what do we say? If you're not making disciples, you're a disobedient Christian. Mm. Boom. Mm. So there. Yeah. <laughs> well, There's that just got right the phone. Tur- I mean, got a lot of radios yeah. turned off. But anyways, we're pretty serious about it. So that's yeah. what. But you are because yeah. you're listening to this. You're wanting to grow in your faith. Yeah. And then what you learn, turn turn around, teach somebody. Hey, you know what? I heard these crazy people on this podcast. I don't know. What do you think of this? And that's actually part of it. You're now passing on what we're passing on to you. That's awesome. So thank you. That is discipleship. King Jesus is happy. We love that. When we talk about follow me, I think there's two really important points that we need to bring out out of this. And the first one would be to seek to love him. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're going to talk about obedience. Yes. It involves obedience. Well, but really at the heart of it, it's love. Yeah. If, yeah, we love because he first loved us. It's these components of this of actually loving God because you can obey all the commandments, like a Pharisee yeah. or a good Christian. Yeah. <laughs> um, but if you don't have love in the midst of that, and that's why we that's why we say the follow me is, is love me. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. It's just not um, just come and hang out with me. You're you're, yeah. you're you're basically giving allegiance to me. Mm. You know the following is when you followed a, a rabbi, mm-hmm. you fo- you were giving your life to them to become, mm. you know, like they were allegiance. I like allegiance. That word. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, and so that's what and that that involves a relationship. And yes. love is always relationship. Yes, and love isn't just some static, sterile thing. No, yeah. no, it is so, not. So you're supposed to have a relationship with you. That's why some people crack on Christians for saying, you know, have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. What does that mean? Well, if you don't know what it means, you need to have it. Yeah, because it means you're falling in love yeah. with Jesus and realizing who He is. Otherwise, the obedience can be dead orthodoxy. Yeah. Yes. Versus love. Yeah. And that's that's two. But they but they go hand in hand. Yeah. And which we're gonna talk about in one second. But it's funny because I have I have this fairly frequently, actually, that comes up in different forms. Um recently I was talking to someone and it was about a family member and they were asking me to pray and for some counsel and stuff. And so my first question is always, do they have a relationship with Jesus or do they love Jesus? Do they know Jesus? Something along that line, because it's... Wait a minute, just to be confused, you're, are you talking about somebody in our family? You said family no. member. Oh, somebody in their family. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were talking yeah. about our family member. Not Even I'm like, 
<laughs> oh, I, I, no, I'm interested no. to hear the story. <laughs> I was talking okay. to someone and they okay. were talking about their family. Okay. And you. so I asked the question, you know, does, um, does she love Jesus? It's about a family member. And they said, oh, well, like half and half. Yeah, maybe, kind of. And I, I actually get that a lot. And we've talked before about 2 Timothy 2.19. The Lord knows those who are his. But, but... There is a component about you you aren't half and half. Yeah. You can be on your way to knowing Jesus, you can be a yeah. seeker, you can be you can be backslidden. Yeah. But you can't be half and half. Yeah. And that's the point like when we love it, it the the point that I would say with this is John 14:21 where it says he who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me and he who loves me will be loved by my father and I will love him and will disclose myself to him. So what would be a good answer in your mind? I'm putting you on the spot. And if you don't want to answer it, I'll jump in. But uh, what would be a good answer if somebody who's like, yeah, I'm not sure about my mom, you know, when, when they answer that, what, what would you think? Do you, well, right? there's different components to that. Like if, if you're not sure that someone loves Jesus, uh, they might not love yeah, Jesus. But, but we don't want to judge them, right? Right. Yeah. So what I would say to them is, so I'll answer my own question. I'll just use you as a springboard <laughs> to answer my own question. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Right? It works. Yeah. It works. <laughs> I don't do this all the time on the couch when the podcast is off. Trust me. I, I do listen, right? Don't just try and manipulate it for my conversation. But what I was just, I mean, what I think when I hear that is, um, yeah, yeah, my my mother professed faith, but she's not walking with him right now. Or mm. my, you know, my cousin uh, says they're a believer, but I haven't really seen fruit, but they say that. Mm. I mean, just clarify it so it's not, wait a minute, yes. I know your cousin, your cousin smokes weed every day, sleeps with whoever they can get, you know, get in bed with them and stuff like that. So why would I ever think they're a Christian? And you just mm -hmm. told me they're a Christian. Now I'm really confused what a Christian is. And so that's, that's why, yeah, that's why you want to qualify it. Not that yeah. you're judging, but right. what, you don't want people to get a wrong impression what Christianity is. Christianity yeah. is falling in love with Jesus and obeying him. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a very different thing about calling someone into account in a good way who's professing Christ versus a person who isn't. Yeah. That that's very different when you're walking through oh, that I with just, someone. I want to use an illustration so bad, but I'm going to use it on March 12th when I preach at Radiant Church. So if you want to hear that, <laughs> it's so good. Because most people don't even know what it means to call Jesus Lord or to obey mm, him and stuff. So mm. there you go. That was a shameless plug, but oh, <laughs> I'll have to do another podcast <laughs> after that sermon comes out. So anyways, yeah, there you go. Yeah. So seeking to love him and then seeking to obey him would be the second point when yeah. they kind of go together, don't they? Well, you just, you, you they don't kind of go together. They do. <laughs> Is it kind of like a like a kind, kind of like a Christian? Like, kind of, like yeah, yeah kind of like that. <laughs> right there. They they go, it's when you take your two hands and you intertwine your fingers. It's that. You you can't have one without the other. What is the one and the other? What are you talking about? Love him and obey him. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, I like that illustration. I just thought you wanted to put your hands together. So yeah, that's good. Here's the church, here's the steeple. <laughs> so no, it, it it is. And I think we have to talk about that because that is the natural outcome of actually loving yeah right yeah yeah you do what he says and 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 then your life is better yeah that's what yeah. I, I mean obey jesus and it's not a drudgery no and that's when you don't understand love when you're doing it out of duty and you don't yes yeah, and god's going to be mad at me if i don't do it that's not the way to think it god's mm -mm. in love with you but he gets to express it because you're receptive yeah. to it when you obey him yes and uh yeah, yeah, I love Matthew. Why don't you read Matthew for us? That's just a great reminder about obeying his word. Yeah, yeah. Remember, we always 
we always bring out the Bible in these things. It's not our opinion. We are using biblical principles for this. And remember, these are words of Jesus. So those carry a lot of weight. Uh, Matthew 7, 24 through 27. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them may be compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and slammed against that house. And yet it did not fall for it had been founded on the rock. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like the foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and slammed against that house and it fell and great was its fall. Yeah, just hear Jesus's words and do them. And when those storms of this crazy world blow, you'll be okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, again, I love going on Twitter just for a periods of time to just, and I'm just giving myself, people just flip out over the silliest things. Mm. They're just freaking out. New scandal here, new problem here. And everyone's like, well, if your house is built on the world, you are going to flip out at these things. You know, yeah. the balloon almost tore our country apart and we would have all descended into the <laughs> depths of hell because of a balloon. No, let's, I'm not joking about national security, but I wasn't like, okay, what's the worst thing you can do? Blow us up and we die? Well, I'm mm -hmm. going to heaven. Mm. You know, <laughs> blow us up and I got hurt? Well, I'm going to trust for healing and a miracle in Jesus' life so I'd have a testimony through that. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just... Christians, let's not freak out. He told us right there, yeah. when the storms come, we're going to be able to stand if we build it upon the sand. Boy, that was a little preachy. <laughs> I'm going to take an offering and sing Well, let me jump in for one second, because I think a lot of times people have a hard time um, when they're starting on their journey in their Christian life, they don't know where to read. You know, the Gospels, they're yeah. just, they're, they're the words of Jesus, they're the actions of his disciples, they're the components of all of that. You know, there's other books, I have other favorite books of the Bible, but you know, if you're struggling with that, start there. It's, wow. it's good. How did you know what I did this morning? I got up super early. You did? Yeah, yeah. I usually do. I'm one of those kind of guys. I, uh, I felt my prayer life is a little stale. Mm. I just needed, so <laughs> that's funny you said that. I've got to go back and read the Gospels and claim the promises of God. Mm. And so I, I'm doing Luke. I picked mm. the Gospel of Luke, and I started this morning, and I, I didn't even get through verse 7, and where <laughs> it talked about how Elizabeth was old and they had not had children yet. Mm -hmm. And I wrote there, God is in control. God's mm -hmm. open doors, and he closes doors. He opens wombs, closes wombs. He opens life, closes life, all those things. And it just was my, I'm going to trust God. Mm. That's what I prayed. Whatever mm. God, all the requests I want and all those, I'm going to trust you. Mm. So go back to the Gospels. Yeah. Yeah. And claim the promises. So anyways, yeah. that's just funny you said that because uh, yeah. you don't even know what I'm doing, but maybe prophetess. Maybe there you're you the go. prophetess <laughs> who's speaking in our midst. Well, you know, I love how God works all things together for good, right? Yes. Romans 8.28 is true. Yes. And I love that we didn't finish our podcast last week. Right. Because we would have missed a huge section that I didn't even see. <laughs> didn't even see it coming. <laughs> Dumb and dumber <laughs> reference for you old folks out there listening who remember the 1990 classic. But what did we forget, Paula? Dumb and dumber in the cross. That was <laughs> yeah. one interesting segue. Yeah. Well, we actually did. We forgot about the cross. Yeah. Like, isn't it a big deal in this verse? Yeah. We, yeah. we, we talked about taking up your cross daily. We spent a lot of point on the daily part. Yeah. And we didn't actually talk about the cross. We didn't really make yeah. a big deal about the cross, which if we're going to de-emphasize something, it should never be the cross. <laughs> yes. Right? Yes. And uh, so we want to, and so 
with that, mm. we can introduce here an amazing thing. Yes. Yeah. We are going to do a, we're going to read actually a portion of a throwback sermon from Billy Graham. It's not a por- I, I don't, is it a portion? Oh, I is it a it was portion? The whole sermon, oh, but maybe okay, not. it's the maybe whole it's sermon. Stay with us. It's yeah. great. Um, this, as, as we go through this, this is why Billy Graham is Billy Graham. And most of the younger generation only know the nice old Billy. <laughs> <laughs> but what made him famous was his revival preaching in the 1950s. Incredible yeah. preacher, incredible yeah. preacher. Um, when Doug and I read it, we read it one time through just to try to make sure we were, you know, c- communicating. And we do that. Um, I actually broke down in the middle of it. And we never finished. You no. Just, yeah, started, started weeping because yeah, we, it was just so impactful. So you weep weeping. And what else did you do? We prayed. Yeah. You went right into prayer. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. So here we go. No, it's a, well, it's, a, I was going to say, yeah, it's a, it's from a sermon in 1958 called why does the cross offend people? I don't know if you can find this somewhere. Maybe there's yeah, a no, recording of it. Oh, I don't know if there's a recording. He, or not. Nobody can preach like Billy yeah, Graham. But so this if was you can printed find in it, decision magazine and yeah, that's why that's I right. got it out of. And so it's based on Galatians five eleven, where it talks there about the offense of the cross. Yeah. So we're gonna let's we're gonna freeform it. So uh, how about okay. you want me to start or yep. you want to start? You start. Okay. This expression, the offense of the cross, sounds strange to our modern ears because you see, we have a beautiful cross on our churches. We have crosses on the lapels of our coats. We have crosses around our necks. We have crosses embossed on our Bibles. We never think of it as a scandal or as an offense, and yet the Bible says it's a stumbling block. It's an offense. It's a scandal among men. It's a base and despised thing. The cross was a place to execute criminals. It was a place where the vilest died. And when I see Christ hanging on a cross, I say with Isaiah, there is no beauty that I should desire him. Isaiah 53, 2. Paul says that in his day, it was an offense. And I found in my own ministry that I can preach anything else and it's called popular. It pleases the year. But when I come to the heart of Christianity... When I come to the cross and the blood and the resurrection, that is the stumbling block. That's the thing people don't want to hear. That's the thing that is an offense, and yet it's the very thing that is the heart of the gospel. Without the cross, there is no salvation. There is no forgiveness. God said, I'll meet the human race in only one place, and that is the cross. And if you haven't been to the cross, there is no salvation, and there is no forgiveness. Why is the cross an offense? I got to thinking about this not long ago. I see Christ hanging on the tree. I see him dying for me. I see blood being shed. I see nails in his hands. I see a spike in his feet. And I see Christ dying for a sin, an offense. Why is it an offense? The cross is an offense because it says to the world, you're a sinner. The cross said to the thief who was dying on the other cross, you're a sinner. You'd better repent. And the thief did repent. He confessed his sins and he said, Remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus turned to him and said, Today you will be with me in paradise. Christ forgave him right there. But first, the cross condemned his sins and made him confess and acknowledge that he was a sinner. And the cross speaks to you about your sins, your sins of immorality. There is no sin in the Bible that the Bible condemns more than the sin of immorality. It is America's great sin. It is the same sin that caused the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. It is the same sin that caused fire and brimstone to be rained down on the two cities of the plain. It is a sin that God hates, and some of you are cringing because you know that is your sin. 
And I tell you, I don't care if you are a Sunday school teacher, if you are a deacon or an elder or a church leader, unless there has been a personal encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ, it means nothing. We have a lot of religiosity in this country. We have a great deal of worship in America that is not true worship. The Pharisees fasted twice a week. They paid tithes. They were orthodox. They were fundamental. They believed in the scriptures from cover to cover. And yet Jesus, in the most scathing language, denounced them and indicted that indicated that they were not saved. They would come to him in the last day and he would say, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. There is no pride in the world as terrible as religious pride. Proud of our religion, proud of the things we do. When down inside we are filled with pride, jealousy, envy, backbiting, and gossiping. The cross has come down through the centuries, passing its its unfaltering judgment upon the vanities, prides, hates, greeds, self-indulgent pleasures, and lusts of men. The cross says to all, you are a sinner. It becomes the conscious of the world. The Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And when I come to the foot of the cross, the first thing I have to say is, I am a sinner. But the scripture says men love darkness because their deeds are evil. You don't want the light of the cross. And so the cross becomes a stumbling block. It becomes foolish to you. You cringe and you go back into your darkness. And the light of the cross begins to penetrate into your extortion, into your pride, into your idolatry, into your bigotry, into your intolerance, into all the sins of your life. The cross sends a beam of light. You cringe and say, no, 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 don't expose me. But the cross goes into the dark recesses of your heart where even your wife or your husband cannot go. Even your family cannot go. Even your best friend cannot go down deep inside of you and see the sin and expose them to the light. God says that someday every secret thing will be brought out. And when I stand at the judgment in that day, I shall plead only one thing. The fact that one day by faith, I went to the cross and gave my life to Jesus. And I had my sins cleansed by his blood. That is my only claim to heaven. I don't claim to be going to heaven today because I have preached or because I'm a good man. I claim to be going to heaven only on that merit and the ground of Jesus and his death at the cross. There are many things about the cross that I don't understand. But this one thing I know, it is the way of salvation, and I'm to come by faith. Even though it may seem foolish and irrational, and it may not seem the right thing to do, and people may laugh at it, Yet God says he has chosen the preaching of the cross to bring men to himself. And once you've been to the cross and had forgiveness and had an encounter with the Christ of the cross, you're never the same. We are to deny ourselves, take up our cross daily. That cross, the cross that he died for, that's why we follow him. We're willing to sacrifice and take that cross up and follow him because he's worthy. Have you ever admitted you're a sinner? Have you ever laid down your sins at the cross and let his blood cleanse you and receive the forgiveness? There's nothing greater. We do this podcast because we were two sinners, dead in our sins, and we came to that cross. And Jesus changed our lives, and he can change yours. Thanks for listening to The Radical Christian Life with Doug and Paula. 
I think it's at this time we're supposed to do some pitch like hit the subscribe button or donate. But we just want to say, do what you want. We trust way more in the sovereignty of God than in the Christian industrial marketing complex. You just keep living radical for Jesus, and so will we. And let's watch how he blesses us all. We'll see you next time.